that Christ is the real deal, that we can believe in him and follow him. Who else can do something like this? Yep. This is this is extreme, Mark. Yep. This is chilling. This is amazing that Christ could come in and set this man free. Just seeing all these people, the only hope that they, they feel in their heart is this water stirred right. up by an angel, you know, and, and Jesus, I can imagine his heart, you know, as he steps onto the scene and he sees these people, he's like, he knows within him, he's the hope of these people. This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life, this is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I am Bill McMinn, Mark Hostetler, along with me. Absolutely, man. It's a hey, good time. Glad to have you. Well, we're talking about John. We were covering like a chapter of podcast. I think this is going to be a chapter and two podcast yeah. because you get to John 5 and wow, wow. Yep. There's, a, there's a lot of stuff. But it starts out with a man in John 5 where it says that there was this feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem for the feast. Mm-hmm. While he's up there. Now, I'm sure that going up there, he knows how God's leading. He knows where he's going to be because then right. now there is in Jerusalem at the Sheep Gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. And in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. And when yeah. Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he had already been there a long time. He said to him, do you want to be healed? So oh that's the setting of the whole yeah. chapter. It starts out with this phenomenal miracle where Jesus Christ is at this place. Now, why Jesus Christ is going to the pool of Bethesda? I mean, I would have to say that if I said that name right. Yeah, you know, did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Beth, yeah Bethesda. Bethesda. Yep. I want to say Bethsaida for some mm-hmm. reason. So I look at yeah. Bethesda, but I want to say Bethsaida. Because there is another Bethsaida. Yeah, you know, right? so there is Bethesda. Like that. Yeah. He has to be going there because he knows there are sick people. Like he has to be going there deliberately for this point. He doesn't need healing. And apparently people would go to this pool and they had this belief that it, the water would get stirred up by an angel, right? Yeah. And right. so he said every time he would go in, the sick man answered, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And when I'm going down the steps, another one enters. So they're there at the pool because when the water gets stirred, there's the opportunity for healing. I would reckon for the first one or ones in, and he was always saying he couldn't be the first one in, so he couldn't get healed. It's a truly interesting story. I mean, I, I think about the visual aspect of this. Um, actually, I don't know if you guys have heard of this or not, but The Chosen uh, is, a, is a series of videos that describes this and describes uh, the disciples' point of view from Jesus. And they have... a. Um, an episode dedicated to this to this whole scene and when you see like when when you come into that pole area and there's just oodles of people around this thing all the lame blind and paralyzed people right can you imagine seeing that bill and and what what you would experience in your heart just seeing all these people the only hope that they they feel in their heart is this water 
stirred right. up by an angel, you know, and, and Jesus, I can imagine his heart, you know, as he steps onto the scene and he sees these people, he's like, he knows within him, he's the hope of these people, right. you know, he's the hope for these people. And I, I, he's our hope. He's all of our hope right. today, you know? And we get a uh, snippet, like a lot of stories in the Bible, you get one snippet of what mm-hmm. he does. So they follow the story of one, not saying that he didn't heal other people there. That's exactly right. We're, yeah. John is following the story of this one man. Yeah. Yeah. He says later on at the end of the book, if every miracle was that Jesus did was recorded, there wouldn't be enough That's libraries exactly in the world to contain right. all the information. Yeah. So obviously Jesus Christ was doing other miracles. We get a few examples yeah. of the miracles, and this is one such example. I tell you, I, tell you, I love that question in verse 6. Do you want to get well? Right. Do you want to get healed? Right. And how many times, Bill, in our in our history, you know, of of working with people that, let's say, for example, the homeless, uh, the people that come for pantries of different sorts and stuff, uh, celebrate recovery, for example. Um, when you talk and you listen to that person, you can tell this person doesn't really want to get out of this system. You know, and that's an unfortunate thing because they've just kind of become settled into their life situation. You know, they're like, well, I just hopeless i don't know yeah i don't want to get well you know or or you suggest hey why don't you go get a job over here well if i do that then i'll lose my right lose my government assistance over here so i can't really progress in life because i'm afraid i'll lose this assistance over here and and i'm not pretending like that's an easy thing but do you want to get well or not right you know well even still i think sometimes people do want to get better and don't know what the answer is. That's true. And so I think yeah. part of the question is a great question is, do you want do you want to get healed? The obvious answer was he did. Mm-hmm. I believe a lot of people do want to get healed, but it's looking to the right source. And I love the fact true. that Jesus Christ does heal. I love the fact that you look at the sadness here. There's a lot of heartache. Uh, some people have it. I mean, they have it bad. They're blind. They're lame. They're, oh, my goodness. It's, yeah. it's a sad thing. And, and you're asking me, what do I think of it? Well, if I were there believe that I would have a heart for these people and be wanting to do something about it. And the beauty is Jesus Christ could. He did. And yeah. he does heal. And I do mm-hmm. think about uh, addicts that Christ heals. I do think about Absolutely. broken marriages that Christ heals. I do think about people who are coming out of dark spots in their in their life and their world and discouragement that Jesus Christ heals. And it's a pretty but the, but the, amazing but thing. Bill, the key to that is, is they had to want it. Right. I can't want it for you. You right. know what I mean? I, and Christ can't want that for you. He does want right. that for you already. You have to want it. You have to reach out by faith. You have to start living your life in a way that's going to match up to the, the, the godly standards right. that he wants you to live. You but know? also, too, and I agree with what you're saying 100%, but, I, but there are people, no one, you think about the person who's blind that's mentioned. They don't want to be blind. A no. person where... Right. You know, maybe they had there was a industrial accident in their day, and it crushed their leg, and they can't walk, or they broke their back, or mm-hmm. something bad happened to them. No one wants to be in that situation. Nobody wants to be the person sick with COVID in the hospital. Nobody wants to be the person who got cancer. Nobody wants to be. And I think of the sadness of our world. I think of the reality. Sometimes, like you're saying, sometimes we're in a situation because we made a choice to be in a situation. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he didn't because Jesus Christ tells him don't sin or something worse is going to happen. So obviously Mm -hmm. some of this had to do with decisions he was making. However, there are a lot of people that are in bad situations at no making of their own. It's just something happened to them. And they can still turn to Jesus. And that's the beauty of it. Sometimes you're going through a divorce. It's not what you want it. 
It, yeah. You never asked for it. You did not ask for your spouse to cheat on you, but it happened. And now you have to deal with it. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that Christ can be the one that we can go to. So he tells them, he tells this guy to take up his bed <laughs> and walk, mm-hmm. which is amazing that he can say that. And that's verse eight. Get up, take up your bed and walk. At once the man was healed. He took up his bed and he walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. It's an extreme miracle. There's no physical therapy. There's no doctor. There's no surgery. There's no, it's just boom. 38 years. Wow. Right? right? Yeah. 38 years yeah. of not being able to move. Right. Gone right. like that. And let's right. talk about who Jesus Christ is because part of John is belief in Jesus Christ. Part of the book of John is pointing out mm-hmm. that Christ is the real deal, that we can believe in him and follow him. Who else can do something like this? Yep. This yep. is this is extreme, Mark. Yep. This is chilling. This is amazing that Christ could come in and set this man free. It now, speaks after, of his authority, right? Right. He and after this happens, to do that. there's ahead. a scolding because the Pharisees are all uptight because all they see is it happened on the Sabbath. You shouldn't be carrying your mat. Who told you to do that? Well, the man who healed me told me to take up my mat and walk. Who is he? I don't know. Then Jesus Christ comes to him and says, hey, sin no more or something worse may happen to you. Then the man goes back to the Pharisees. I don't, I'm not quite sure why and tells him it was Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus did it. Right. You know, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think, think I'd be sticking up for Jesus at that point, but I think it's interesting when you look at this story. I mean, even as you say that, that right there, you're, you have a clash of authorities. These people group, the Jewish people, they were, they were saying the authority is the law where, where God himself was standing right there. The writer of the law, and he's saying, I'm, I'm the authority. He'll say later on that, hey, the Sabbath wasn't created for man, or man wasn't created for Sabbath. Sabbath was created for man. Right, and it's okay, okay. to do good on the it's Sabbath. It's okay to do good on the Sabbath. I just healed this person. Then right. the other story, he, he healed the person's withered hand right in front right. of him. I mean, it would have been incredible to see, you know? And so when someone like, tells us, hey, you shouldn't lead worship, you're working on the, on the Lord's Day, or you're <laughs> yeah, preaching on the Lord's right. Day, aren't you working? Well, it is my job, actually, but mm-hmm. it's okay to do good. And it makes me, it's always helped me to know that for hospitals that are open on, on yeah. the Lord's Day, yeah. on a lot of things. It's okay to do good. And we, and we find a Sabbath rest somewhere else we right. find you know for us it's saturday usually you know where we'll find our we sabbath hope. rest for yeah some we, weeks we, we, we some we weeks hope. are yeah. really tough right yeah, we, we have hope. a funeral and we have seven days in a row but you know what that's not the point the point is jesus is here on the scene now right well it's a versus it's definitely a a difference between they look at the law as that means you a man can't be healed, which is not the proper interpretation of the law. Exactly. They yes. have an improper interpretation. And Jesus Christ mm-hmm. is really not challenging law as in morals. He's challenging tradition mm-hmm. that's been built around it mm-hmm. that does not support God's intent for mankind. That's awesome. That's yeah. what he's really yeah. attacking. And I look at what he did, and when he says sin no more, we got to realize that some of our problems are found in our own decision. Some of our mental well-being is found in our own decisions. It's what we allow to bother us. It's what we get caught up in. It's on us. That's in verse 14. Later, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or sin no more or something else worse might happen to you. How many of us need to hear those words today? Right. Just stop making the decisions. Last night, I spent a long time 
at a person's house with a with an unruly child, and I'm lo- talking to this child, all I'm telling him, in essence, is stop rebelling. Right. Stop sinning. Just stop. You've got a decision to make. The Bible says you've got blessing and cursing. On one hand, there's life. On the other hand, there's death. Which one do you right. choose? Is a kid going to be happier fighting with their parents the whole way no. through or not? I mean, I decided to listen to my dad when I was a teen because I felt that I would get along better. And then my dad didn't fight me when I asked to use the family car. My dad didn't yeah. fight me when I wanted to go out on a date. That's right. Because why? Because I got wood for him. I listened to him. I didn't give him a hard time. I didn't fight him. And guess what? He didn't fight me either. Yeah. So it was a lot better existence. It's like my marriage. I mean, there's, there's, you know, we've already talked in previous podcasts about my past in pornography. Right. Um, there's an, there's a block in intimacy in my marriage. Not, I'm not talking sexually. I'm talking altogether intimacy, connection with my wife. You know, I had to do to regain that. Stop sinning. Right. That's all I had to do. Right. Once that was done, connection happened again. You and know, God can help you with that. God right. does help. I wouldn't have done it without God. He's you not. Know? God never asks us to do what we can't do. But one of the things, too, where they were upset with Jesus and said this is why the Jews, because they were talking to him about the Sabbath day, and they were persecuting Jesus, it says, because he did these things on the Sabbath. But Mm -hmm. Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. My father, listen, when my dad's working, I'm working. And one of the key things in life is to figure out where God's working and join him there. Instead of, as I read in... uh, Blackaby's book, Experiencing God, Mm -hmm. a number of years ago. Don't try to create waves for you to surf. Catch the waves God already made. That's right. When God's making waves and God's working, and that's where Jesus knew and was sensitive enough to the Spirit to know God had a work to do there in Bethesda. Last night in in our Oasis prayer meeting, that was one of my prayers was, God, you're the conductor of the train. You're already on on the track. You're already moving. We want to be able to come on board and right. be along with your track. You know, right. we want to be on your train. That's where we want to right. be. Whatever you're doing, God, that's where we want to be, you know? And I think Jesus had that same mission. Right. The other thing that's interesting about this comment is we don't see it as much, but the Jews, it was like a smack in their face. He was claiming his deity right in front of right. them. They were like, what did he just say? He put himself equal with God. Well, that's what they said yeah, right there in verse right. 18. It says, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God, yeah. which is a stunning statement. Yeah, so at that point, Bill, had they been calling this? Jesus is really the first one on the scene to be calling him Abba, right? Uh, uh, father. Before sure. prophets and yeah, stuff like sure. that, like their names of God, they weren't. They weren't like Abba, like Jesus is saying. You know what I mean? But he I was think, saying, I mean, clearly Jesus Christ was saying that he came down from above, that he was, mm-hmm. I mean, he said he said a lot of things, and they were picking up on it, and they understood clearly. And it'll come up later in John. We'll talk yeah. about it in John 8 and John mm-hmm. 10 and uh, different things that Jesus Christ was claiming. But it says that they're trying to kill him. He's making himself equal with God. And Jesus said to them, and there's his answer, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing, kind of like a son mimics his dad. He's saying, I'm mimicking the heavenly father for whatever the father does that the son does. And I like how much Jesus Christ is tuned in with God. Amen. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, if we could just have a vision for that, because I think one important thing to note from this, Mark, 
is my father's working until now, and so am I working. Do we believe, and do you believe who are listening today to this podcast, do you believe that God is actually working? Because I think that's an important question for us. Is God working? Do we believe he has worked? Because if we believe God is working, then we should, as we go to the store, as we go through life, as we do our hobbies, as we connect with our family, we need to be looking for those opportunities where God is working. Absolutely. Being aware, you know, that's what Jesus seems to be all the time, aware of the Father working. Right. The Father's working at that pool. I'm going to go heal that guy right. 38 years. You know what I mean? That's right. where the father was working. He was preparing his heart somehow. We don't right. know how. It would be speculation to say how, you know. But I'm telling you, yesterday, for example, I was talking to a lady. We came across another lady who came in for the fine food pantry. I asked her, how can I pray for you? You want to know how God's working in someone's life? Ask that question. Right. How can I pray for you? Right. And then come alongside and pray. Right. By the end of that conversation, this lady's weeping. I'm holding her. I'm praying over her. It was an awesome thing. Right. It was all, she felt comforted. She felt like, you know what, God, I, she said, I needed this today. Right. Praise the Lord. Right. You know, I feel like Jesus probably felt that way all the right. time. Like he was fulfilling people's needs. Right. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes people don't want to hear it and you know God's not working. And yeah. I, I've often felt this way. You can't beat your head against walls. Sometimes people try ministry ideas where you can try it and then it doesn't work and no one comes and no one's interested and you have to acknowledge that's because God's not working there. Mm-hmm. And if God was working there in the systems, you'd see fruit for your labor and you see evidence. We started a run club this summer. We've had, until the last one, kids are going back to school now, we don't, but and we've had 20, 30 plus people a week, most mm-hmm. weeks, mm-hmm. and we've had great turnouts. Why? Because I just feel like people needed fellowship and they needed to come together. And, and it was a decision that was God-led. Right, in you this case. through it. You but pre- sometimes you, know? you don't know and you because you might think that it is, but you know... God is working when you see him doing things and then, you know, you're on the right pace. But the key for us is always, am I moving in a place where God is moving? Is this really where God wants me? Is this really God's will? I think that's one of the things. Now going back to Jesus Christ and being lifting him up, he said, for as the father raises the dead and gives them life. So also the son gives life to whom he will. That's awesome. That's how powerful Jesus Christ is. So you're wondering about Jesus. Well, he just, he's pretty much, wow. (laughs) Wow. He says, you know, the father judges no one has given all judgment to the son that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He has not come to judgment, but he has passed from death to life. Mm. And that's a powerful passage. You're crossing over it, belief in Jesus Christ, from the death side of the equation to the life side of the equation. Jesus Christ sets himself up as the dividing line. If you're going to believe in what I'm telling you, you believe in me, you've crossed over from death to life. That's a stunning statement. They're saying you make yourself equal with God. Yeah, I would say he did. And That's whoever right. hears my word, believes him who sent me as eternal life. He does not come to judgment, has passed from death to life. That's a stunning statement because they're all relying on their tradition. They're yeah. all relying on arguing about the Sabbath. 
No, you need to tune into my words because my words are coming exactly from what God's telling me to do. You need to tune back into what God is really saying. And sometimes in life, that's what we need to do. We need to stop our traditions and our ideas and tune back to how God is leading. I agree 100%. I love this. This is why it's good news, guys. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news because you can right now step out of this fear of judgment and enter into life everlasting right. through Jesus Christ. This is what he's been trying to say this whole time. Through me, right. you can be well again. Through me, you can be healed again. Through me, you can have hope for tomorrow and forever right. because I'm the one that raises you to life, right. life everlasting. Right. You know, I, I love this. And the way to get that is through belief. Right. Believe in me. Right. Believe in the one who sent me. Right. And you will move from death right. to life. You know? It's pretty extraordinary, too. I mean, to think about life beyond this life, because he yeah. tells them that an hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear his voice and live. Whereas the father has life in himself, so he's granted the son also to have life mm-hmm. in himself. So Christ is a life giver. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out Oof. and those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's going to be a resurrection. Everyone's going to have eternal life. It's never, it's not really an issue. Like we talk about eternal life. Everyone gets eternal life. It's just, where do you get eternal that's, life? That's exactly you want right. to go to heaven. You want to go a uh, place, not nearly as nice. I mean, that that's really your call because he says a judgment, a resurrection of life <clears throat> and a resurrection of judgment. Yeah. is based on what we've done. And that's one thing that we have to give an account or understand in our lives. Eternal life, coming to God. Someday we're going to have an account for way, the way that we live. There's ultimate judgment. Be ready for it. Be ready through belief in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is doing what his father wants. He's not worried about what people say. And we're going to talk about that in the next podcast. Right. He's not worried about that. He's worried about what God wants him to do. And that's what our concern should be. You just keep doing the right thing. Don't worry about what people says and all will work out. That's you exactly guys all right. have a great and blessed week. Uh, join us for the next podcast. We will continue talking about John chapter five.